This episode of the Nerd Up Podcast made possible in part by Eagle Theater. Visit them online at eagletheater.net and by Classic Hits WTYE. Listen online at WTYEFM.com and made possible by proud supporters just like you. Now, come on, baby, tell me who's the nerd. Nerd up, y'all. N-E-R-D up. N-E-R-D up. It's time for the Nerd Up Podcast, and here's your pod hosts, Guilty Wilson. It's time for another Nerd Up Podcast. I'm your host, Guilty Wilson, along with... Tony Collins. The co-host, co-parent. The co-host, co-creator, co-papa. Yeah. I think we come to the uh, conclusion that this is our baby. It's we're our co-parent, baby. And yeah. we're, you know, we're taking, caring, uh, taking care of this baby and yeah. ruining its life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said last time, I think it's not going to college. It so. definitely ain't. So, All right. Well, uh, this is a uh, going to be a really cool podcast. Going to bring on a couple of guests today. We've got uh, one special guest going to talk about video games with us. Then we've got another special guest. Another. Uh, both of these guys have been on the podcast before. Special guest. <laughs> special. Emphasize special. <laughs> anyway, and then uh, the other one's been on here before, uh, Andrew Snook. He, did, yes. he talked about those Remy's, Dile- Remy's Dilemma. Books. It's hard he's, to say. He's from Canada. Yeah, he is, and he's polite. Yeah, and the <laughs> last time, last anything. time we interviewed him, his accent sneaked out a time or two. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but it's just uh, it's. I love it. And yeah, I, you know, I love hearing a different uh, accent. But yeah, he's going to talk about. He's got a new book out. Uh, uh, kind of a, a, a Dungeons and Dragons, and you choose which way you the book the story wants to go. Right. And it's going to be fun. Well, that's, I considered it Dungeons and Dragons for dummies. I've never actually <laughs> played legit Dungeons and Dragons. But this kind of gave me a little taste of what that would be what, like. What it could be so. like, yeah. And it's kind of cool. A little dice rolling and you know, battle monsters, and you also make decisions. And and also got a complaint with him when he gets here because yeah. Uh, yeah, well, things didn't go my way. Yeah, you didn't get sexy time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the book. It's supposed to be there, I thought. That was a choice. <laughs> Much like real life for you. So close yet so very far away. You know, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Did he follow me when he wrote this? I don't yeah, know. But yeah, we'll be talking with Andrew Snook later on. So stick around here on the nerd up podcast here and we'll have some fun and uh just don't go anywhere don't don't we got good stuff prepare to be terrified lawford county productions presents the unlisted owner director's cut featuring nine minutes of never before seen footage out now via amazon streaming and coming soon to blu-ray and dvd you've been warned All right, we're back on the Nerd Up podcast, and again, I we just didn't go anywhere. Yeah, I like how you say we're back. We just hit pause, played a co- played a commercial, and came back. Yeah, yeah turned the welcome. microphones back off. I know. So. I guess it's from our radio training. It's a thing. Yeah. We're back. We never went anywhere. We've been yeah. in the same stupid studio for hours. <laughs> <laughs> if well, I could only go somewhere. Every time I talk about broadcasting from a location, I say we'll be broadcasting live. As opposed to broadcasting dead. dead yeah. So, although I've listened to some of your shows, <laughs> oh, oh, oof, 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 that's, that's harsh. harsh. It's lucky there's six feet of distance Bro. between us. Right. I'm going to be hit. <laughs> All right. So, before I get any further trouble, and I, I'm, I'm not looking at his eyes, Logan. I'm just, I'm not looking at him for here on out. <laughs> so, yeah, we got a guest with us on this time around, Logan. My son, Tony's son, that uh, well, uh, loves to play video games. Well, oh, you yeah. know. Uh, 
it hadn't been that long ago where we did a podcast and we mm-hmm. kind of caught up on all of the nerdy TV shows and movies that we watched. And mm-hmm. still, yeah. neither of us have gone to see uh, the apparent abomination <laughs> that is Morbius. <laughs> right. I hear nothing good about Morbius. I have Just not an heard utter train yeah. wreck of a movie and uh, a little bit of a gaslighting thing that may or may not have been done to those Marvel fans. Because yeah. it seemed like a lot of the promotional material made it seem like Morbius was going to tie yeah. real closely it did. I to the it MCU. Did. And now apparently not so much. they decided to not do that yeah, yeah, at said, all. They said, we're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. This is a story we made up. <laughs> so we're going to talk video games. Yeah, why not? Because, and, again, I'm, I... I might catch Morbius eventually. Yeah. But well, I think so. when it hits uh, network TV, I'll probably <laughs> yeah, maybe, watch it. Yeah. You know, uh, one of those I'll turn on, have in the background while I'm running around doing other stuff in the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even then, it's like, yeah, okay. Well, maybe. I know uh, you've been blowing me up uh, <laughs> off of air uh, talking about the Pokemon game that you've been <laughs> yes. OCD. And I, I feel weird about it because I'm a 56 year old man. man. <laughs> And I'm playing Pokemon, and I and you know what? Here's the thing: it all started. It started back in the '90s, and uh, went uh, went on from there. And uh, actually, right about right about 2000 was when it started getting serious because my stepchildren were they had the Game Boys and uh, or Game Boy Colors. Yeah, they had Game Boy Colors by then, I think. Anyway, either way, they had both. Right. So, uh, but anyway, and they'd say, they'd go to bed and say, "Hey, can you train my Pokemon up while I'm sleeping?" Because I'd stay up late at night, you know. I'm like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And, oh, I got addicted to that game, and I'd play them all night long. And they get up and they're level 100. And like, I didn't mean that far. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you have. So, and you know, and it's one of those things that just it became addictive. And again, it appealed to me because I'm a collector. Uh, hoarder, some people call it, right? <laughs> but a collector, and that game—that's one of the things you have. You have turn-based playing, you have battles that are turn-based, but you also have a collecting thing. You know, got to catch them all, sure, right? And so now, uh, Nintendo—they've got the Switch out, which I think is one of the most versatile systems out there. It's beautiful. It's got a great—you know—you can take it with you. You can hook it up to your TV. You can have as many friends as has the Joy-Cons or other Switches play in on the same game. It's just amazing. It's so versatile. And now, with the Switch, you can no longer play those old DS games. And it's like, oh, but those were some cool games back then. And and they're not even making DSs anymore, you know, so if, you, if you're lucky to find one. Yeah, didn't, yeah. didn't you pick up a DS, Logan, mm. yep. not too long ago? Did we get... You bought one, or we got it for you for your birthday or Christmas. Or, An old DS? Yeah. yeah. Like an OG. They're good. They're great gaming systems. They're fun. But, yeah, now they're not making them anymore, so you yeah. can't, you know, all those old games are lost. Well, no. Nintendo says, well, we're going to re-release these Pokemon games. And so recently they released, from back in 2007, the Diamond and Pearl. They're now Brilliant Diamond and Shiny Pearl. Yeah, Brilliant Diamond and Shiny Pearl. And uh, back in the day, when my son was little... We'd get them, and we'd get, because they'd always release them in pairs. It'd be two different versions of the game. And we'd both get each different version, you know. And so that way we could trade and all this other fun stuff. And now that's what they did. Brilliant Diamond, Shiny Pearl. And now one of the big uh, complaints was early days, you could go to Toys R Us or GameStop or something like that, and they'd have event Pokemon, which you could download from their Wi-Fi system there onto the the Game Boy or the DS. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Aww. (laughs) Or 
Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Oh. KB Toys. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and now you can't do that. Because, well, for we don't have Toys R Us. Right. <laughs> Nobody wants to go to GameStop. So, <laughs> I hate GameStop. Anyway, uh, let's see. But, yeah, now they're re-releasing them. And so the big question was, well, what are they going to do about these special event Pokemon? Because they're, they're, there's legendaries is what they had it as that you could download. Well, now they're starting to make these as events within the gaming system through the Internet. So it's like, okay, you're making up for it. And that's one of the things. Isaac, when I, he first got it, he got it for me for uh, my birthday last year. And um, he got, or not this game, he got, yeah, he got that game for me last year. Anyway, uh, he goes, well, we're not going to be able to do any of the events. This is going to be boring. Cause, and he listed all the legendaries that weren't available anymore. I'm like, oh, those are the coolest ones. Like there's one called Darkrai. He eats nightmares freaking awesome <laughs> in pokemon too yeah and uh and now it's like well i, I kind of like that it was the only way to get it was this special event now i down i went on one time and I'm always checking you check the mystery gifts always check them online checked it out and there was a uh you go here's a uh what is it membership pass oh okay wonder what this does and then you take it to that place where you did previously back in 2007 uh, uh where you would normally have to go to gamestop to do it now it's just, oh, you just go there now, and there he, oh, there's Darkrai. So I texted Isaac, Darkrai's available. He goes, yeah, yeah, so is everything else. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Thanks for keeping me informed for one thing, and Mr. Hipster. Right. He's, everything's yeah. always, he's always done he it He liked it before it was cool. Yeah. So, But uh, that, they brought back the freshness of Pokemon. And they've got a version out called uh, Pokemon uh, Arge- Arceus Legends or something. I can't remember what it is. But it's one. And that's a new. I haven't played it. Isaac's played it. I've seen it played. He takes, or they take you and throw you back like 900 years in the past. And uh, you have to start when Pokemon had, were just starting to be sighted. Okay. You're investigating and, and creating the legends of Pokemon. So you're ba- it throws you back in time. So, and even that's an event because if you have that Arceus game and you have Brilliant Diamond or Shiny Pearl, you play Arceus, you play the story, you go back to one of the uh, Diamond or Pearl games. And you and you'll have a mystery gift sitting in your room in your house on the game, and it's oh, and you can get Arceus on that game. So it's like they're mixing the games up now. That, and I told Isaac, now they're making me have to buy these other games, aren't they? <laughs> I can't. Well, I'll tell you what. Buy Lo- everyone. Logan uh, has uh, given me mixed uh, mixed feelings <laughs> about the the new video game that he's uh, obsessing over. Because he says it's absolutely gorgeous and it's phenomenal, but it leads to a lot of expletives come flying out of his room. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about uh, Elden Ring. Elden Elden Ring is by far one of the best games that I've played. But if you're looking for a casual gaming experience, don't play this game. (laughs) See, that's what I like about Pokemon. It's casual all the way, if you want it to be. No, this one, huh? I watched watched him do uh, one boss battle and... I I had to go take blood pressure medicine afterward because it was stressful <laughs> as hell, and apparently that was a boss that had been uh, nerfed accidentally uh, through one of their updates. Oh, so well, the okay. boss wasn't as difficult then as it would be if you went after him now. <laughs> but uh, well, what's the what's the premise of the game? What's the game? What's the idea behind this game? <laughs> well, there's, I mean, there's not really one. <laughs> But I'm pretty much it's like any other uh, role playing game, mm-hmm. um, just on a much larger scale. Okay. Yeah the map that he the map that he showed me looks absolutely enormous, and he's only actually unlocked or traveled to maybe a quarter or half of the map, oh, and wow. so there's a lot more area to be explored. Now, the problem is when you venture into 
you know, like a lot of games have invisible walls. And yeah, unless yeah, yeah. you're a certain level, you can't get into this area. Right, Elden right. Ring does not have any of them. Which what? means no matter what level you are, you can go into the highest level areas possible. Oh, you're going to get, <laughs> you get oh, your butt handed to you. Yeah. They want it to be as open world and free of limitation as possible. Okay. <laughs> but. Well, and one of the things that I've heard as a real bonus about this game, or real positive, is so many of the games these days have microtransactions where you can't really level up unless you spend real-world money. Right. And Elden Ring apparently doesn't have Has, that. doesn't have any of Oh, that's good. That's good. One of their most recent um, patches that they claimed it actually added in new content to the game. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Which okay. is what we <laughs> For free? usually call DLCs. <laughs> right, yeah. But no, they just added in as a patch to the well, game. What, what uh, system are you playing this on? Uh, PS4. PS4? Now, is it available for other platforms? Uh, Xbox, PC, and I think all of the newer gens okay. as well. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I've, I've watched him play it a time or two, and, you know, uh, he brought his PlayStation into the living room and plugged it in. He's like, here, Dad, you got to check out. All of the stuff I've unlocked and different swords, different skins, armor, and, <laughs> you know, uh, all of the armor and stuff like that have different boosts or add to your ability. I mean, it's the the, the pretty typical yeah. role-playing type game. One thing to keep in mind about this game, though, is even though the armor does increase stats, none of the armor matters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> none of the armor will increase your stats by anything significant. Oh, okay. Okay, so, so yeah. Okay. More right, cosmetic. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. you know what? Any more? I mean, that's realistically, take a look at anybody playing Fortnite. That's all they're doing is going for the looks. They get, yeah. they want the new skins and yeah. stuff. So no. I can see that's where a lot of games are heading. So, well, now this one, I find it very strange because, like you said, D DLC is like one of the things that, you know, it's frustrating. You go, oh, I got to buy this if I want to do this. Right. No, I spent I, $60 on yeah. the game up front. Now I got to spend another $50 buying all of the shit that they didn't include in the game to begin with. Yeah, and it's, I find that so frustrating. You know. I love the fact that you've got a free world to explore. Especially, to especially for us old guys yeah. who remember buying games and getting the entire game yeah. <laughs> and just being able to plug it into whatever console we were playing it on and immediately playing it. Yeah, and, and that's it. The, uh, the starting area that you first walk into as just a brand new baby character actually has some of the more difficult bosses in it. <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> what uh, what other game did you you said that the difficulty level on this was similar to uh, what was the other game? Uh, Dark Souls. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever heard of how impossible Dark Souls is? No. I like haven't. Dark Souls is one of those games that has a, a a mystique of being one of the more impossible, difficult games you know to play. Most games have choose your difficulty. Yeah, settings. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, these games don't. <laughs> they are just always on very hard, and that is it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not bad. I mean, for I mean, again, you're spending money to play a game that you want it to be challenging. You don't want it to be easy when you buy it. Right. So, so having that, it's not a bad thing, but you got to have at least a little bit of training period. Well, and especially <laughs> with a game like this, you can walk, I mean, you can go around and, and you can grind out some of the low-level bosses and stuff like that to build your stats, mm. or you can just go, eh, I'm going to see what happens if I head into this area. <laughs> yeah. And then a dragon swoops down and attacks you. <laughs> and, and, you know, yeah. okay, uh, which why. leads to another, uh, expletives coming from his bedroom. <laughs> another main thing about this game is there is no tutorial. Oh, really? 
Oh, wow. Okay. You just kind of guess? <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. There are also no quest markers whatsoever okay. for anything. So you have to figure it out yourself. Well, it I, is it is open world in every sense of the word. Okay. What's the name of it again? Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Okay. Who makes that? Do you know? It's uh, a from software from software game. Okay. From software. Okay. I never heard of them, but uh, I like the idea. <laughs> I might have the expletives coming out of my room as well playing it, but <laughs> well, he, he comes into the living room. He's like, "Oh, you need to play Elden Ring. You need to download this." Really? <laughs> After the string of, I don't know, man. And I said, watching him stress me the hell out. I'm not sure I could play it. It's worth it, though. <laughs> is that one of those i got to check to check with my doctor, see if my heart is strong enough to play Elden Probably. <laughs> it might not be a bad idea. Wow. But, no, I like the idea, and I like video games co- companies that think about the players rather than the money. You know, because realistically, when you buy a game, you bought a game. Right. You right. don't need to pay for extra. Sure, it's nice to have, oh, well, I wouldn't mind having that. I could play it by points or something, but not, you know, I bought your game. Yeah. And well, I paid good money. Games are not cheap anymore. Right. I mean, there were time when, uh, like, 12 bucks was for a game. Right. I remember that. That's old school right yeah, there. Yeah, about a thousand years ago. You know, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there, yeah. <laughs> That's when we played the video games and you had to carve it into the rock before you started. Right, yeah. <laughs> so. That was back when you had to have the uh, different transparencies to stick to your TV screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To change it from a ping pong table to a football field. Yes, exactly. You know, so. <laughs> but uh, still, I mean, when they charge you an arm and a leg for a game, and they do, and, and and when then you have to go and pay some more just to get the stuff that should have been there in the first place, I hate that. Another game that's uh, done that same thing is uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. It's a Ooh, I heard about that one. Borderlands mm-hmm. spinoff. Mm-hmm. I I don't have it yet, but I have heard incredible things about it. Really? Um, you they don't make you pay for anything other than the base game. And I like that. Okay. You have full customization over your character and equipment right from the start. I mean, immediately you can customize what he looks like, his the armor that he has, everything. Right on. Well, and you know, I think Borderlands that's one of the coolest games that that came out. But I think they ran into a problem where they had downloadable content and and the fans got tired of it. And so I think it's probably why they did it this way. Okay, you're right. Well, and I <laughs> you know. think I think a lot of game manufacturers, a lot of game companies are doing that. They're trying to get away from the microtransactions because we as game players have seen it and mm-hmm. will not buy a game because yeah. it's full of microtransactions. Yeah, if, if they're, if they're going to nickel and dime us, so to speak, right? they're not getting my nickel or dime. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and, and again, I love, the border, I love the artwork in the Borderlands games. I love uh, the storylines in those things. It's just really, really cool stuff. And I saw this, that, that game coming out, and I'm like, oh, I've got to get that. But, yeah. Well, you and I have talked in the past. I play uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 yeah, yeah. damn near obsessively. And <laughs> that's day. one of the biggest issues that <laughs> RDR2 had with their online launch is the online portion of it, the economy of the online portion, was so fundamentally broken mm-hmm. that it all but required you to spend real-world money mm-hmm. for in-game currency to be able to really do anything significant right out of the gate. Yeah. And that's part of the problem. It's one of the reasons the online portion of arguably one of the greatest games in recent history just tanked. <laughs> Which has now been overshadowed by Elden Ring. Now been overshadowed by Elden Ring. <laughs> okay. Well, see, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, look, I mean, think about this. Okay, you release a system, 
a game and say, okay, we're going to make you pay for your stuff. You're going to make pay real money for your stuff. At first you think, all right, I, maybe that's all right. But when you get an online or a version that's going to, you know, uh, people around the world are going to be able to do the same thing. Well, there's people that cheat the system. That's a common thing. It happens. I don't care if they, well, how much. Oh, yeah, they, they pay to a, play, play yeah. to win. Where People yeah. will cheat the system, and they will find ways. Anytime there's a computer involved, the system can be cheated. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, they'll go in, and you'll have somebody that all, all of a sudden created actually $1 million worth of stuff for themselves for cheating. That's totally unfair to the person that's, like, playing it for fair. You know? Right. <laughs> it's like even the, even the people are fair that, you know, I'll spend a few bucks. You're still not going to get anybody yeah. anywhere near the cheaters, and I think they should stop that because of the cheaters. Yeah, and let the, the cheaters cheat, but it's not going to be that effective. Yeah, I have game. no That's... problem getting getting pwned by somebody who uh, earned their spot. Right. Who, yeah. You know, went hours and hours and hours and leveled their person up and leveled up all their stats. If that if like, that uh, person like when Elijah and I would play GTA Five with yeah him. when Elijah <laughs> and the, yeah when he and his friend play GTA Five with me. And, <laughs> absolutely nuke me because <laughs> you know they spent hours doing the doing the actual grunt work so they wanted you to play just so you can keep the cops off their tails in gta well yeah. no that uh, usually he uses me for uh, zombie fodder zombie. oh and, zombie yeah, fodder. call okay. of duty zombies yeah yeah, yeah and i, I finally though. caught up on that and caught on to that and called him on it and he, uh, yeah maybe yeah. he was busy trying to get some sort of uh like special weapon, special mystic bow or some yeah. crap like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he fed me to the zombies. <laughs> well, I, you know what? There's an I've, I play a, a phone game. Uh, I don't know what you call the the apps on the phone that you play these games, but they're legit games. There's some, not Jewel Quest or Candy Crush or anything like that. I play an Iron Maiden Legacy of the Beast game on my phone. <laughs> Love it. It's another one where you kind of collect them all because there's. If you're a fan of Iron Maiden, the band, you know that Eddie is like their sidekick, their mascot, if you will. Anyway, there's very different versions of him in the game. Well, they do. There, you can buy stuff legitimately. There are people cheating the system. How they're cheating it, I don't know. I'm not a computer expert, but there's people doing it, and so that has made it to where people, regular players, are no longer playing the game. And just have given up. Well, the the gaming system says, well, how come we're losing money all of a sudden, and right. yet people are advancing? Well, look at the people advancing. So they started to weed out these cheaters, and it became a big thing last month online, where on their Facebook page, where they're pointing out actual people were calling out people that were cheating, and the company was just shutting them down, just getting rid of their accounts. And I'm like, that's what they need to do on all the games. Or just make it all free to play. Right. Earn, yeah. po- the, earn it by points. The odd thing about Elden Ring and its community, which the Elden Ring community is amazing. They they don't gatekeep anything. They mm-hmm. try and actually help. But for some odd reason, some of them actually have put their own microtransactions into the game. Mm-mm. So mm. basically you can pay um, probably modders, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they will give you the stuff you need to level up. Oh, okay, okay. And you know that's not well, too was, bad of a deal, realistically. It's, it's well, not. And there was an entire well, uh, real-world economy built around World of Warcraft. Yeah, people doing that. Yeah, stuff. exactly. That's true. Yeah. But the uh, main thing is that you can only do that if you're on PC. Oh. Because Elden Ring is not a uh, cross-platform game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which, thankfully, because apparently some people have going around on PC and started um, corrupting other people's saved uh, files on yeah. there. <laughs> I hate people. Which would, right? 
I'm level oh. like 160, I think, with probably about 40 hours into it right now. <laughs> and so that would that would make me lose my mind. You think? Yeah, no. there'd be there'd, there'd be, be a couple more. more my, uh, well, there'd be a couple more holes in his wall that I'm gonna have to patch when he moves out. <laughs> my my friend Elijah, he's got a solid, I think, 120 hours into it mm-hmm. so far. And they've, owned, he, and, and they've owned it for two and a half weeks. <laughs> yeah. Just barely over 120 hours. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> so Elijah does little else but play Elden Ring and uh, go to work. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's a good game and that, that kind of shows something about the game, if it's that good and you're playing it for that long, that means you're addicted to it. That means yeah. you've got something going. And mind you, this game absolutely enrages me. <laughs> but, but you, you go I back love and play it so it. much, yeah. and I will never stop playing. Well, and that's the thing. I've seen him get pissed off at games before, and then just quit and just never pick him back up because yeah. they yeah. made him so I've done angry. That. But this game, he'll scream and faunch and and be <laughs> irritated. Yep. But he's right back at it, going. Okay. You know. I might have to look into that. Is that it's, available for Switch? Probably not. That's my go-to platform. Probably not. <laughs> I've got a PS4. Yeah, I've got Switch. an Xbox One, but I need. I like my my Switch. Switch also better. doesn't have Red Dead Redemption yeah. Two. I was devastated mm. to hear that. News. They do, however, have Skyrim. Yeah, so. yeah. I knew that. Well, I'm playing uh, uh, another game on there that uh, recently, uh, Fire Emblem uh, Houses, or the Three Houses, and it's another one of those where it's like it's a combination of uh, free world exploring. But right now, I'm just only available to explore the training academy in which i'm teaching and then every like every weekend or something like that you go out and you do battles with your characters that you've trained your students if you will and so i'm I'm enjoying that game uh but i'd love to see something like elden ring i'd like to see something like that on switch i'd like to see some really cool stuff but switch is getting there again most versatile system out there right now is the switch the, eventually it'll start catching up the most amazing thing so far elden ring is only about 34 gigs worth of data really yeah and it's it's huge so that absolutely blew my mind yeah. wow and they haven't with that much in, uh an endless map or whatever yeah. yeah yeah wow and they have not put in any actual updates that require uh data either wow. yeah the, yeah i'm not i'm not entirely sure what sort of sorcery and black <laughs> right. magic they're yeah. running with over there the, for the, elden ring the works, patch well. they put in a while back uh there was no update required for it Huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they did that anyway. You know, I remember. Uh, well, I think uh, I think Grand Theft Auto Five, with oh, all of its updates, it's over like a hundred and fifty gig or something. I remember. I remember seeing. I remember huge, especially PlayStation games. I think was the one because you always had to make room for uh, like, yeah. oh, we got an update. You better clear out the hard drive. Yeah. You know, I remember that going through I a mean, lot of stuff. That's why I bought like a four terabyte hard drive. Yeah. For yeah. My yeah. He's he's got a big external hard drive. <laughs> it makes that that makes uh, sales of hard drives, <laughs> external yeah. hard drives, a little bit. Uh, you know. Oh hey yeah, keep updating those games, guys. Well, that's freaking cool. All right, you know what? We got to get on. We got to talk with Andrew Snook about his that's bo- right. new. Uh, speaking of adventure games, adventure gaming in uh, his book, and uh, we'll talk with him. Logan, thanks for stopping by. It's kind of cool to you know yeah, get he, some insight that we don't he, normally uh, have. He stopped by to record podcast with Dad on his way to uh, his his real life gig. <laughs> he's, he's headed to welding class. Ooh, so. ooh. Well, yeah, great, great, great career in that man. I yeah. Was, well, I, uh, am I? Well, I. Well, I <laughs> Well, I have baby soft hands right, because I, I don't actually physically work for a living. Yeah, no. <laughs> he's, he's got hard welder hands. Right so. on. <laughs>
And you'll and develop the uh, scars from all the burns and everything else. Yeah, and no, then, he's already got a handful of those. And then you, oh, meet, yeah. you'll, 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 basically you'll look like Drax the Destroyer, <laughs> but your tattoos are just scar marks. Well, he came home the other day going, well, I need to get a new welding shirt. Why? I burnt through this one. <laughs> what the hell do you burn through a, we- a fire-retardant <laughs> welding shirt? I got a hole. Oh, there's a way. <laughs> hole right on my left chest. Uh, yeah. Um, Skills. The <laughs> sparks and different pieces of welding rod jumping down there was not I imagine that was uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be a welder helper uh, when I worked for a construction company. And uh, first of all, welders are their own breed. And I don't yeah. know what it is, but this guy would pick up a thing of pipe and just start dragging it like it's no big thing. And it's like, I'd go to pick it up, and I'm like struggling. I'd develop hernias. I mean, it's just like, hey, moving it. <laughs> and like, okay, you guys have your own phone. Well, one of the issues that Logan has run into recently is, you know, being uh, not short. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. is. Yeah. He is Too not tall for short. the welding shop. Uh, they're working on certain projects that he can't quite see because he's too tall. So (laughs) he had to buy a magnetic flashlight to stick in the hole so he could actually see what was going on. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So he won't be the guy that you have crawl into the small space to weld. Well, I got to tell you, I worked one of the best welders I ever worked with. His name's Joe Novosak. He used to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers back in the day. And I'd say probably before you probably before your dad was born, but I worked with him in the eighties after he was, done with football he worked down in uh uh lawrenceville uh anyway this guy was like seven one seven two somewhere around in there and he he was the one picking up the pipe you know a couple hundred pounds of pipe with one arm just moving where he wanted to so you're in good company (laughs) is there anything that you haven't done at this point uh pretty much nothing i uh except for uh uh, underwater basket weaving i haven't tried that yet (laughs) but it's on his bucket it's on the list (laughs) i try anything once (laughs) it's better than the things elijah has on his bucket yeah no kidding i got buy a bucket that's all i got on my list (laughs) all right let's get over to uh andrew snook we're gonna take a little bit of break andrew snook will be coming up stick around on the nerd up podcast classic hits wtye Listen online at WTYEFM.com. Via the TuneIn Radio app. Or say Alexa, play Classic Hits, WTYE. It's all online. Classic Hits, WTYE, with the news that matters to you. Visit WTYEFM.com and follow us on Twitter at WTYE News. The news you trust. The music you love. Classic Hits, WTYE. All right, we're back on the Nerd Up Podcast. Again, we really just don't go anywhere, Tony. We just... Yeah, we just like to say we're back. Yeah, I think it comes from our radio training. It does. It does. For some reason that uh, we're... We'll we be back right after this. Yeah. No, we didn't go anywhere, no. but... You you're, you're didn't go anywhere. We didn't go anywhere. There's well, no reason I fixed. To I fixed. I got a different chair. Oh yeah, I see that. Yeah, I went. To, I went to set on one of the. I mean, the stools that we have here are a little sketchy to begin with. And, yeah. Uh, I'm not a small guy, so I sat on one of the stools and snapped part of the stool off. So. Which yeah, I is heard o- that. Uh... Which is okay. I brought the stools to the station anyway, so, so it's your damage. Not yeah, it's yeah. my, I'm, you know, my damage. So. <laughs> well, you brought them in here because they were sketchy anyway. <laughs> yeah, so. I brought them in here so I didn't sit on them at home. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so funny because we're uh, we were uh, talking with your son earlier, and uh, during that talk, uh, it didn't get recorded. Unfortunately, I've been really nice to have that sound effect on the on the recording, but it didn't make the recording. No, <laughs> holy! <laughs> but moly. I heard it, and, and I'm like that. 
sounded like something cracked. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, it was my ass. And now you're back to looking like uh, a kid at the uh, at kids' table. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm in the short chair at the tall counter. And, <laughs> Pizza, right. may I have some more? <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you know what? It is time. We're bringing back Andrew Snook. Andrew, we talked with him before about uh, uh, Remy's Dilemma and Special Delivery. Those are the first two books that uh, we know of. He's got others too, by the way. But. Uh, <laughs> Those are the books that we know of that we've worked with. They're very hilarious books about the naivete of this Canadian guy that just basically travels across Canada. And and the fun ensues. Yeah. (laughs) And you get to learn a a little bit about... um, for me, what I liked about those books is uh, the slang, the Canadian learning, slang. Learning a little bit about Canada. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And so now from here on, I call my, uh, my uh, <laughs> I started to say it, my, my uh, hoodies, I call them bunny hugs now because of that Ontario slang. That's, again, may, that may be extremely rare in that, up there, but I like it. I'm keeping it. Right. <laughs> so, but Andrew, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's our pleasure, and uh, this time around even more so because you created a book that you might get Tony to read again. Wow, that's a tall order, too. (laughs) (laughs) So this book, uh, I'm going to give a little explanation here. Uh, uh, Basically, it's kind of like D&D, but put in a book form in the fact that you have to go through and you choose where you're going to go in your adventure. But at the same time, you're going to be rolling dice to help choose. You're going to be rolling dice to battle monsters. And, I mean, you created a book that's just a lot of fun. And, again, I, I think before I talked to you, I said I haven't had a chance to play the book this week. And I, just being able to say play the book is just so unique. So uh, talk about this. What, what, <laughs> give us, well, give us the main storyline behind this of what, what your book is. Sure. The, so the book's called Dungeon Jeff, the Ruby of Power. And uh, it's, uh, it's a dice-rolling, decision-based story for adults. And so I grew up loving uh, any sort of book that let me flip through, you know, paragraphs from one side of the book to the other, dice-rolling, battling monsters, anything like of that sort. Actually, were the, they were the first books that I got into as a kid uh, oh, yeah. to start reading and start enjoying books in general. Uh, and so I always wanted to write something like this. And um, so this book in particular follows Stolpe, who's uh, the court jester of the kingdom of Opulentus, and uh, he's lived his whole life entertaining the royal family until one fateful day uh, in the quarters of the princess. There is a little misunderstanding between him and the princess and the queen as she walks into the princess's chambers (laughs) uh, and finds them in an awkward position. Uh, So they had to decide whether or not they were going to execute him or put him to life in, in the dungeon, and the king, who is a very, very cruel king, decided instead that he would put him on uh, a quote-unquote noble quest to obtain the fabled ruby of power, which it was well known in the kingdom this was uh, basically a suicide mission, uh, especially, in, and usually, you know, you're taking, you know, the bravest, most skilled in the land to go and, and do something like this, and instead he's taking the court jester and told him he's got to go and, and go to this dangerous labyrinth of the Minotaur and, and obtain this magical jewel and battle his way through monsters, except he's a court jester. He has no idea how to fight. <laughs> right. So he relies on his wit, mostly, more than anything, to get his, get his way through. And so you have to you have to use his wit as one of your main weapons to survive. Let's see, you've created a true battle of the wits right there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you that uh, you let me down on this book on one aspect, because at the beginning of the book, the very beginning, 
you're headed to the princess's chambers. It's like, oh, some sexy time. I'm ready for this. And the next thing I know, I'm uh, in a maze with a minotaur. And uh, sure, it might have been dice roll, but it's still your writing. <laughs> but I was going to have sexy time, and you ruined it. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, the minotaur is also horny. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Right. It makes sense. <laughs> Well, uh, you know what? Uh, I played this through a, a few times. One time, actually one, and I was going to call it quits. <laughs> Never play again because, you know, while you're ahead. Uh, but I, I decided to play a couple extra times for fun, just kind of uh, messing with But I played four times, never had the same results, ever. So, I mean, even one time I... Uh, there, uh, the, well, the, oh, the second time I replayed it, I intentionally made opposite decisions, just so I can see if, where it would take me. But then after that, I just played it just for kind of fun, and, and the roll of the dice can steer you weird directions. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. I mean, there's, there's 300 paragraphs in there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I battle-tested it a lot to just to see how many different avenues I could try and, you know, have you take stealthy on. I don't actually honestly know the number of different possible scenarios. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get a mathematician on that. Making sure they, they lined up and made sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well because this is so different than uh, your other books, talk a little bit about the process of what it was like to put together some like something like this that ultimately has a huge variety of, of how the story can play out. What was kind of the process behind writing it and making sure that it made sense. Because definitely it's not like writing any other book where you know the beginning yeah, and you're heading to the end. Because it's not, technically it's not a linear story. No, it's not. There are multiple endings to it. Um, and, you know, if you, choose the wrong, if you choose the wrong path, you can get some endings really fast. <laughs> yeah, tell yeah. me about it. And, uh, <laughs> my, my first, my first playthrough, uh, it was... Uh, my first battle, I rolled badly and died quickly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different type of process for sure. Um, so it, it came about because, you know, I, I wrote the Remy series, uh, you know, as a, in their standard kind of novel format. And they're silly books, and they're, they're, but they're built kind of in a standard sort of, you know, there's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. It's a, you mm-hmm. know, standard kind of story. Um, but Dungeon Just was a little different. I was at home at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, uh, and we were we were homeschooling our kids, and we had the kids home all the time. Uh, you know, between school and then keeping up with my own work, um, there was there there was no there's no such thing as you know private time uh, <laughs> when you've got the kids home all the time. All right. And I, for me to write like a standard novel, I need time like alone to concentrate and to focus to build chapters. Uh, and I there, I knew there was no way I was going to do that. That was just wasn't realistic. But I remembered always wanting to write a book like this. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll try this. Maybe let's, let's try our hand at this. Because, I mean, it's hundreds of different paragraphs, but you can write one paragraph at a time. So if you get interrupted, it's, it's not so disruptive to your thinking. And so by chance, my, my youngest child, Sebastian, was two at the time, and he was doing what toddlers do. He uh, was waking up at, you know, 3, 4 in the morning, wanting to party till 7 or 8. Uh, <laughs> and I was, so I'd take him, I'd bring him downstairs, sit him on the couch, just like I did with the other two kids. And I'd give him Eggo waffles, and he'd watch cartoons. But this time, instead of, you know, kind of zonking out or, or playing video games, I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and put this book together. And I got a notepad and a pencil, and I did it old school, and I started writing paragraphs. And over, you know, somewhere, somewhere between 7, 8 months, I got a draft completed, all all written at like three four in the morning. Oh wow! With my son, 
<laughs> so well, it was it was very different. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm like, there's just no way to write this in a, a linear sense. Uh, you mean, like you said, you got 300 different chapter or uh, paragraphs. And uh, that, each one of those, you know, at the end, you're going to go, well, there's two different places you can go. And I've actually gone, I remember one of the times I played through, it's like later on in the game, I went through, or in the book, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> anyway, later on, I went through and I'm like, oh, I've been here before. Oh, wait, well, no, I haven't. Oh, that was in the other time I played it. So, and it was, and it was diff- you have a couple different ways to get, in, get into some of the same points. And, uh, and yet still completely different gameplay throughout, uh, how did you even lay out the, the, the process of getting to each paragraph? <laughs> I built the biggest tree diagram of my life. <laughs> oh. And so I'm, uh, the, the worst part, though, was I didn't think of building the tree diagram right at the beginning. So <laughs> I started writing all these random paragraphs, and then all of a sudden I was like, you know what, I'm going to need to keep track of these better. And uh, all of a sudden I started building my tree diagram 100 paragraphs in, which was very interesting. I ended up cutting, I cut out all my paragraphs, I stuck them on the floor, and started connecting them as a giant, literally a giant tree diagram. So you, and then uh, <laughs> you, you, you like basically I, had one of those murder boards that had like the string going from everything. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> More like uh, what's his name uh, uh, on? Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, Charlie Day, yeah, Charlie Day's character, where he's always, you know, or not always, but one time where he is trying to plot everything and uh, yeah the strings were everywhere so yeah i can see that it goes yeah I've, I've seen that show up as a meme a bunch yeah, of times yeah. so yeah i can see that's how andrew did his story <laughs> right well and i think you'd have to given the fact that you start out at one point but where you end up may be entirely different and the path to get there is going to be different I, I assume you had to do some sort of focus testing just to have people play through this thing in the early stages to make sure uh, you didn't end up just wandering in a room aimlessly yeah, so it's, uh, I tapped my wife to, uh, I asked her to play with me, play, they play the game and try and figure out if they're, you know, if things connected properly everywhere. And, and she helped me out with it a lot. We, we, we test played it as well. We died horribly, mostly because my wife rolls a lot of ones and twos. <laughs> you can't she, be. At first she said the game, this, she said this game is too hard. I was like, well, you're rolling ones. <laughs> Roll better. <laughs> yeah, you can't so, be dice then, challenged. After, well, then that's yeah, apparently so, I am dice challenged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because we were we, I was the first round uh, after it was written, we we sat down and test played the entire thing. We drew, we did it a couple times, and then we noticed even when we were rolling decently as things went and moved along, we were like, you know what, this is maybe this is too hard. And <laughs> so we did we played it a few times, and we we couldn't beat it because we found the battles were too hard. So I had to go back and I, I changed the skill levels of the creatures and, and I changed some of the, you know, the, the weapons and, and the armors you can pick up uh, and, and just change it a little bit like that uh, just to make it a little bit more manageable. Cause I, I wanted it to be hard, but I didn't want it to be impossible. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, and so I think it worked out pretty well. Cause then a few other people tested it. Uh, my editors, I, I got my editors. They were awesome. Uh, uh, Roseanne Lake and Nicole North—they're like fantastic editors. They were—they even hopped on it and test played it and told me how they felt the playability was. Um, they did an awesome job on it. Um, and after it came, it only got released at you know in February mm-hmm. at the end of—I think it was the end of February. And uh, the, the first handful of people that picked it up immediately came to me, uh, and they—they they were really happy with it, how it played out. Um, and 
Yeah, no, it, it seems like it's, it seems like it's it's getting a lot of positive feedback, which I'm really happy with because you know editing this kind of book is a is a different kind of challenge. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, because you, I mean you've got that standard proofing that you need to do because you need to you, know, you need to catch all the typos. You want the sentences to make sense. Um, but then you've got all these connections you need to make to make sure all these different pieces line up. And there was a lot of editing back and forth and catching things and, and editing, editing in the, you know, even during production, I'm still catching things and I was like, wait, wait, no, I got to reread it again and reread it again. (laughs) Um, and so, I mean, it was, it was a labor of love, but I'm, I'm really happy with the end result. I love, uh, you know, the artwork is incredible. Oh gosh. I was getting ready to ask you about that. Excited about it. Yeah, who, who's yeah. your artist again? Uh, I should turn to the back His of the book. His name is Jeff Fowler. He, he runs a company called Evil Genius Productions in Hamilton, Ontario, mm. uh, and he did an absolutely amazing job. Jeff, I knew Jeff from he was uh, my booth neighbor at Fan Expo originally. We became friends, and I like I really liked his style of art, and I thought he would do a great job on the book, and I, I wasn't wrong. No, you know, I gave him. I think I gave him 90 different ideas for, for pieces and he took my ideas and turned them into, you know, some awesome artwork. And then as an added bonus, um, a friend of his who's a comic book inker. Uh, his name's Corey King. He came on the project and he inked all of Jeff's awesome artwork and he, it, that gave it that extra pop on the page. Yeah. Uh, so I feel, I feel very lucky. Um, I've always felt like this, like working on all my books, I feel really lucky that I have all the people that I work with, yeah. on this. and then Frisian Press does the production out of out of British Columbia, and they like they just make incredible print products, uh, and I like the the production process is really great with them, uh, and so it, the whole thing was just it just came together really well. I thought. Well, you, you talked about giving the artists some um, some suggestions as far as as some of the artwork. Was there anything that you presented with him that uh, he said no, we're we're not doing that. <laughs> there, there certainly was. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so, so there, there is a certain section in the book um, that I, I know you guys haven't found yet. I, I'm sure you'll you'll text me when you do. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but it involves it involves a sack of manure, salty, and a creature he meets in a labyrinth, and. Uh, You'll you'll know when you find it. <laughs> but, but I've got to be honest. I, uh, I got to tell I got to tell on Gil while we've been talking while you've been talking. Gil's been thumbing through the book, and I have a feeling he's <laughs> specifically looking for the manure. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, okay. Honestly, here's what here's what I wanted to bring up. You 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 talked about the uh, the artist Jeff. Uh, really, I mean the great. I mean it looks almost like a. Um, a Dungeons and Dragons uh, manual, the artwork. I mean, some of the the characters easily could have been a, a monsters and what is it? I I forget the uh, the names of the books in the Dungeons and Dragons series. But anyway, the, the, it looks like it could have been one of those creatures manuals. But I gotta ask, and I'm looking back and forth because at the back of the book you got a picture of the artist, and there's a picture of you, and I'm looking at the cover. The picture of you and the cover and the jester. I swear to God, I swear that's you. He drew you as the jester. <laughs> is that true, or are my eyes deceiving me? <laughs> Not to my knowledge, but I mean, it would be really funny if it were the case. Um, because in my, one of the things I always found really funny in, the, in my old books, my Remy series, was in the first book, I purposely left out his physical description, and people got to put it together ah. based on uh, a manhunt that was taking place. On oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And a detective, and all the he was he was interviewing all these people and getting 
pieces of his description put together, and I thought that that would be a really neat kind of different way to introduce the character. But then everyone I talked to that read the book that knew me said they just pictured me. <laughs> well, that's it. You're doomed. Every time you write a book, it's about you. <laughs> so, well, I swear, looking back and forth, but I will tell you that the artwork really makes a difference throughout the book. I mean, it's not like a comic book where you have you know every page is art, but and some of the stories were or the some of the events that happened. You, they, they there'll be a picture there or a full page picture like I'm looking at one of the Minotaur and uh, it's like just some great graphics there and it really helps in that part of the story you look at the picture while you're doing the battle or whatever and you're like oh yeah I see what I'm up against and uh, I still haven't found that sack of manure <laughs> well and, uh, t- you know talking about the book uh, I was I was talking to my son Logan who uh, we had earlier on the podcast about the book. And he's out of school now. He's uh, 20. <laughs> and he goes, Dad, I don't really read much anymore because I don't have to. And I go, but that's the thing. This book, not necessarily, uh, you know, it's not like reading a book. It's it's yeah, not a yeah. nonfiction kind of or fiction. It's it's a lot of fun. And it is plays more like a board game than yeah. reading a book. Yeah. And, and it's got the artwork to accompany, accompany it. I mean, you, you got a, a package deal here. Yeah. Now, um, one of the things I, I'm, I, I've got a recommendation for you. Uh, maybe it'll drive people to your website. I'm always a marketing guy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to market myself, but I can help other people. <laughs> uh, and that comes from just being in radio. But uh, basically, you, there, there's a, you have the, uh, what is it, the stat sheet and the uh, battle sheet. You have two pages in the book. I just took them to the copier and I made a photocopy, and then I made uh, copy or several copies of it, and I've got them stuck to, stuck in the book. So when I do want to play, I have a sheet ready, and that way I don't have to write in the book. Uh, <laughs> so, which is a good thing. But uh, uh, I think you know you should make it on your Snooks Books website. You should have where they can download a PDF file and see you're sending people. Maybe even put a note in the book say, hey, if you want more character sheet or battle sheets, etc., go to the website and then. Then they go to your website and they say, oh, he's got some other great books. So I'm just thinking marketing-wise, you should make a PDF file available of these <laughs> only because I'm going to wear out these sheets even no matter how many copies I make. <laughs> so No, I think that's a great idea. You know what? Matt might just hop on and do that, just uh, set up a PDF of the stat sheets and put them up for people. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Well, I mean, realistically, I mean, I, I've gone, like I said, I played it four times. I use a new sheet every time because there's different things happening, and it's it, – and that's what I liked about D and D is uh, we had we had books of uh, spiral notebooks of uh, the sheets that you can just tear out of character sheets that you could buy. And so, but yeah, well, that's... and one of the things I appreciated is uh, he was nice enough to uh, and thank you by the way for autographing some of the books and sending it, uh, sending Gil and I each a book. Yeah. But with it, you included uh, some die as well. Now, does does everybody who gets a copy of the book get die, or is that? Uh, for those of us that are special. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought I bought a bulk set of all the different colors of the rainbow of dice and uh, I wanted to I thought it'd be a fun way to, to sell the book to people when I'm doing in person, you know, book signing. Or if people order it off off my author my author site, I'll be able to add a, throw a couple of dice in there with you. And I change the colors up so that way it's nice and easy because each you only need one six sided die for mm-hmm. your character and one for the monsters and all the battles. So I thought if you have two different colors, then it makes it you know a no brainer. You always know which which die you're rolling when you roll them. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, if you, if you order it off my off my website off snowbooks.com, there's an, there's an author. I have an Etsy site where I do sign copies for people, things like that. 
Uh, well, and I add, I add dice in as well when people order it. So, And I, I got to believe now that you've done kind of the hard work of doing this first, this first book like this, do you have more of this style book uh, kind of in the hopper, some ideas for uh, future, future stories? I do. I have, I've actually started the second one and it'll kind of start where the first one sort of ends. Um, it's, uh, and it's, it's Stolke again in the second book in a, in a whole new, new, new world exploring, you know, relying on his wit largely to try and survive. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I know that, uh, I know that Jeff and Corey are excited to work on the book again, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I'll, I, I have to promise Jeff that I won't, I won't try and force him to, to write, to draw anything that makes him <laughs> very uncomfortable, but I can't really promise that. So. <laughs> Again, I'm going. To, I'm well, still looking for the manure. <laughs> well, yeah. So let me put it this way: when when we were discussing all the different options of things that I'd like to have drawn, when it came to that scene, he he, he just went straight faced and looked at me. He's like, "I'm not drawing that." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking. You know, like I said, you you got me at the beginning. I'm like, "Oh, I'm getting ready to have some sexy time with the princess," and then you got this nice drawing of the princess. Ooh, she is sexy too. And you ruin it by making me have to work for it. <laughs> it's like, oh, I just roll, want to roll sixes all day. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the artwork in here, it's just really phenomenal. And so I'm hoping in the next version or next edition or next the continuation of this Stulte's life that uh, we get to see more of the sexy princess because that's a sexy princess, right, Tony? Yeah, that's not bad at all. Okay, yeah, so see? All right, so... <laughs> We need more sexy princesses. That's what we need. Uh, all right. Well, uh, before we uh, let you go, I mean, we still got a few minutes here, but uh, before we do, I want to let people know how they can get a hold of you, how they can get copies of this book and any of your of your other books. I mean, I know it's available on Amazon, but uh, let people know how to get a hold of you. All your social media and everything. Sure. So the books, uh, the books can be you can pick them up at your you know your Barnes and Noble, or if you're looking for the ebook, you can look for it on Nook or. Uh, Kobo, if you're in Canada, mm. um, at the, and uh, you can also get it at my author site. It's nookbooks.com. I've got all my books up there and all the different options for, for grabbing it. Uh, you, can, you can get it on iBooks. Um, you know, just about any any anything, you know, that any place that sells books, you should be able to get it. Um, but if you want, like, a signed copy with some dice, yeah, definitely hit me up on my author site. And- I'm happy to, to send those send those out their way. So. The, chi- the child in my head just started giggling about, you could get Snook Book on your nook. <laughs> <laughs> you could. So yeah. now, <laughs> well, you know what, marketing guy, I am. Here is another one. You need to come up with a bookmark that has a little pouch to hold the dice as it flaps over the side of the book. So, I'm thinking for you, man. I'm thinking for you. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, actually, I just want no, you to keep writing books great. and keep me entertained because this was, this one is a blast. It was like I said, I played it at least four times. Haven't had time to play it as many times as I want to, but it's each time it was fun. Well, and and again, we talked That's about awesome. this book, and we talked about that you're already working on a sequel to this book. Uh, what about Remy? Where are we leaving Remy? Are you working on the uh, the third book in that series? I am. So I have I have been working on the third book in the Remy series now. I've got the kids back in school, so I've got some time I'm allocating to, to, to write the final chapter. So book three will be the final chapter of the Remy series. Ah. Uh, so I am working on that. So Remy will be exploring Atlantic Canada in the third book. In the sec- for those who don't know the second book, he was causing chaos all over Western Canada. Mm-hmm. And in the first book, he was in Ontario, Quebec, which is central Canada. 
So he'll have effectively caused chaos pretty much everywhere. <laughs> now, uh, for Gil's benefit, are we going to get more uh, slang and more <laughs> yeah. uh, regionally specific jargon in the third book as well? So Gil can adapt oh, uh, some more of it? Oh, <laughs> good. 100%. I, I actually used to live in Atlantic Canada uh, for a few years. Uh, and there's lots of fun slang out in Cape Breton in North, northern Nova Scotia, out in Newfoundland. I might even take another special trip to Newfoundland for a longer duration of time uh, <laughs> just to soak in more of the culture there because it's so awesome and unique. Well, you know, that's one thing I, I, I always uh, I love. I, uh, the You Canadians. Uh, <laughs> you crazy Canadians. You, you crazy. You guys are so friendly, so polite. I, I don't know how... I, I mean, well, I do know how because you're above us, <laughs> and we're below you, and we are the. I think I think America is, America is one of the rudest countries in the world, uh, next to France. <laughs> so, but but I love the fact how polite it is. I mean, I've got a friend of mine. I went to college with him. He is. Uh, don't ask me where he's from, but I know he's from Canada because I used to call him a Canuck. And he didn't like it, but he still ha- we we're still friends. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> He, he. Uh, now after we graduated, he moved back to Canada, and just the things he does, I'm like, he builds a hockey rink. Okay, that's pure Canada right there. I think <laughs> he builds a <laughs> hockey rink in his yard every year, and um, just and 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 why? So the neighbors' kids have somewhere to play. That's right. I'm like, that's the nicest thing people can that's do. It's like, cool. I, I, you Canadians are too friendly. <laughs> You're making us Americans look bad. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm also uh, I'm also a sucker for the. I'm also a sucker for the uh, accent. Uh, you guys, I just love. There's a guy on American Idol. I don't think he made it through after Hollywood Week, but he he. I mean, the thickest Canadian accent I've ever heard, and uh, he, it was like you could tell the guy was just there to have fun, and he was good. But I don't think he made it right through. But yeah, just listening, I just love the accent. So I think I, I've listened to you, uh, interviews with you more than any other interview I've ever done because you have a Canadian accent. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> what, what accent? <laughs> yeah, I'm the one, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, and we don't at all have a southern accent. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Southern accent is great, though. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, we're. I, I mean, I just totally love the the, the books. The Remy Remy's dilemma. You got me with those because, first of all, it's just a romp through Canada on this naivety of this guy, and uh, you know, and a and a and a. A murder hunt that follows. People have to read the book to understand what I'm talking right, about. Exactly, that's it. But at the same time, you gave, gave us some ideas, or you know, about how things are how things are in Canada. Which is again for people that don't go or don't know, this is a, kind of a nice intro. But then you introduce us to this game playing book, <laughs> Dungeon Jess, the Ruby of Power, and I'm like, okay, this has got nothing to do with Canada, but this is a ton of fun. And uh, I, I really, I, I don't know if I'm going to have if this is going to. Uh, sit on my shelf or not <laughs> because well, it might I have be a feeling carried. I have a feeling you've got enough Dungeons and Dragons fans mm-hmm. in your life and I've got mm-hmm. a couple in mine this uh, would make a fantastic Christmas gift yeah. oh, for yeah. someone that you know that's into dice rolling games yeah and I, I think I've got ideas and so that's why I was hoping hopefully you, you get a new one out and I can buy just two of the books for everybody there you go then it'll be really cool oh. Well, uh, right on. Hello, I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> well, I, uh, oh, and I have I have another book coming out in this summer, oh. and uh, I, for, I I struggled with it, but I I believe my experience with my three kids has allowed me to produce my first children's book. And oh. I, I struggled very hard to make sure none of my natural inappropriate humor was in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have my first 
children's book coming out for ages five to nine as kind of a, oh, a wow. pre novel reader to get kids interested in, in reading longer books. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And and what's the premise of that book? So uh so my kids can never ever hear this uh, <laughs> until it comes out at least. All right, we'll uh, let but them I listen. based it on my three kids, especially my two daughters, and it's called uh, they're called the Snooky Cookie Sisters, <laughs> and they run uh, a bakery where they solve you know silly little mysteries that are happening inside the bakery. It's very like silly little light fun for for kids. Um, yeah, and and my they've got you know, their little brother comes in and causes all sorts of trouble. Uh, the artist um, who did a fantastic job as well. Um, he he has his son in the book. It's. Uh, it's, a, it's like a really, it's going to be, a, it's a really, it was a really fun project to mm-hmm. work on. And so, um, well, I just, before yeah, Tony beats, something but, different too. Yeah. I mean, a, a children's book. Well, before Tony beats me to it, I'm just going to have to say, I love the idea that someone can say, oh, the Snooky Cookie Sisters by Snook Books. You can go and get that on your nook. <laughs> Snooky Bookie Cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're just making us have fun with words today. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, uh, any other uh, any other questions you got for Andrew there, uh, Tony? No, I don't think so. I appreciate you calling in and talking with us, and uh, encourage everybody to check out this and the rest of the the books. Uh, again, uh, you can get the Snook books on your nook and uh, <laughs> have a good time. <laughs> well, well, thanks, guys, for having me. I really appreciate it. It's always fun chatting with you guys. And, and Gil, uh, Gil, you got to let me know when you find that that, that <laughs> manure, that special scene. It's it's magic. It's, it's magic. Huh? Okay. Well, <laughs> I can't wait to I can't wait to find it. If the artist said, "Oh, I'm not drawing that," <laughs> I, 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 I kind of curious I'm now looking. what that scene is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll get a group chat between us, and uh, we'll I'll text it as soon as I do, and both of well, you'll know. <laughs> didn't you at one point come across an onion of some kind? Yeah, moldy onion. I haven't moldy used onion? that. I haven't got to use that yet, but uh, okay. you get handed there the moldy are, onion. There are multiple uses for the onion. You got to go back. There's multiple uses. Multiple uses for the onion. In fact, (laughs) the onion and the sack of manure can both be used in that same magical scene, but it's only magical if you use the manure. I don't like the way he said magical. Yeah. <laughs> that might be <laughs> well, Yeah, because you've got the manure, you've got the moldy onion, and it's magical. And his artist said, I'm not drawing that. <laughs> that just makes me have to do it, I guess. All right. Uh, well, Andrew, thanks again for joining us. Um, this book is a load of fun. People out there listening, make sure you pick up a copy of this. Dungeon Jest, The Ruby of Power. It's a dice-rolling book where you basically your fate is determined by the dice roll and the decisions you make. So, Absolutely. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. I played it, like, again, I've played it four times. I'll be playing it more, but each time was different from the other. Uh, I actually won the whole book, if it, or whatever. <laughs> I won one time. Well, now wait. But went back and played. You, you found the ruby, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But did you get the ruby back to the kingdom? Yeah. Okay, so you now, actually did. And at win. that point, you get implied sexy time, so it's oh, not as, it's not right. as fun. It's not as explicit. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, you, there's a nice little reward when you're done. So it's, it's like a reward. Yeah, but people pick this up. It's definitely fun, and I'm, I'll be playing it a while. In fact, this might be one of those, uh, you know, fam- I don't know how I'll do it, but family game night, break it out once in a while. Say, so, all right, you guys, roll. There you go. <laughs> so. But uh, thanks again for joining us, and uh, if you anytime you come up with something new, let us know. We'll be glad to have you back on because definitely getting entertained by what you're writing. That's fantastic to hear, and no, I really appreciate you guys, you know, spreading the word about my my, my silliness. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, your silliness. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, your silliness approaches our silliness. Right, it complements our yeah, silliness. Yeah, so it keeps it going. So, all right, uh, thank you very much. And once again, that's it for the podcast. We'll tell you like we tell you every time at the end of every episode. Stay, stay nerdy. nerdy. Have you ever wondered what makes Eagle Theater possible? It's you in a world of Netflix, Amazon Prime, and YouTube. It's your loyalty to Eagle Theater that makes first-run movies here a thing. And we want to say thank you with the annual popcorn bucket. Buy the annual bucket and you're set to say. When you buy the bucket, we'll fill it for free. And each time you come back for another visit, we'll fill it for just $3.50. Buy the bucket, support the Eagle Theater, and say. 